new beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside Joshua Black. As usual, a little bit different episode today. We're actually doing our fourth Dreamcast episode. And if you're new to this, new to our podcast and this episode, essentially what it is, is it's different than our usual interview style. We usually have one guest on and we interview and we find out more about their life and the loss that they had and the dreams that they might have had. But in this one, we're compiling all our previous interviews to kind of put together the dream sequences. Uh, we're adding music to it, music to it as well, so it kind of has a nice little vibe to it, and it's something that I enjoy doing, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to. So now we can get to Joshua. Joshua, how are you today? I'm doing good, Sean. I also love these podcasts a lot. Um, they're my favorite ones because I get to sort of look back on some of the amazing stories people have come on and shared when it came to their life and also the dreams they've had. So I'm really excited, and uh, hopefully uh, the audience is as well. So the first dream sequence we have is with Anna Elizabeth, and she appears on episode 64. She is a personal coach, and you know she shared a very intimate uh, grief dream that she had with her son who passed away. You know it's a very touching uh, dream sequence and conversation on a whole. I just want to say that it requires a lot of courage for people to share these type of emotions and real uh, dreams that they've had. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. I believed in my heart that he had, his spirit had actually come to me. So I really questioned, is it real or was I just making it up uh, in my grief? But his his comment to me was, again, the depression, I was quite often going to bed and just asking God to end my life because in one prayer I said, I know you don't give us more than we can handle and you know I can't take any more, but I can't commit suicide. I had had suicidal attempts and it was that night that Gavin came to me and uh, he said, Mommy, I'm fine. You need to stay there. And he was in he was in a white shorts outfit that was uh, like a baptism, you know, white silk outfit with a vest and and said, Mommy, I'm fine. You need to stay there. My siblings need you. And that Powerful. that wow. really Yeah. That was that was it, before he had siblings, right? That was before he had um, siblings. He had one brother, I believe, because oh, I'm science, you know, it, it all runs together. Uh, I believe his oldest living brother was born, um, was a ba- was a, a young child then, because he was born a, to uh, see, Gavin was born on May 11th of 90, and my oldest living was on November 3rd of 91. So they were very, very close together um but there was there was a sibling and um so i just i you know i held on to that so i think that's it's pretty cool i'm glad uh, gavin gave you that experience and so uh our last question that we always ask our guests and you probably already know this but uh what dream would you want to have of gavin uh tonight if you could Oh, what dream would I want to have of Gavin tonight? Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. 
Uh, if I were to have a dream with him tonight, I would, I would say I would want to be where we are in five years with this work. So I, w- I would want to be, um, I see myself in, within the next five years, I see myself actually packing a stadium and sharing this message with thousands of people at a time. So if I were to have a uh, dream with him tonight, that's where I would want to be. I would I would want to be on on that on that stage with him, knowing that he's there, and the two of us um, giving hope to all those people. Oh, that's that's cool. So he's not in the audience watching; he's actually on stage with you. Yeah. Oh, that's very yeah. cool. I like that. And so, how old would Gavin be? Because uh, would it be his age in five years, or would it be him as you know two, three? Oh, how would I? Um, so actually, when I see him now, he's in his mid twenties, hmm. um, and he really hasn't aged beyond that. I've been I've been seeing him now for about uh, seven years. Um, so connecting with him in my waking hours. Um, the experiences that I've had. So he's in his he's in his mid twenties, and he's kind of stayed there. So I think that's probably where he's you know where he's going to be. That's um, cool. And and but, so what do you what do you see him wearing? Like so, you guys uh, are on stage. What is he wearing? He's wearing like a robe. He's wearing like I, I don't you know what do angels no, wear? I, I, <laughs> I see him in in street clothes, jeans, and a shirt. <laughs> Yeah, oh, really, just, really laid back. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, he 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 does have a very sort of laid back sort of personality, which he's got to have if he's going to partner with me. Because for years I was, um, I used to say, my husband is very laid back, and so I used to joke that when he needs somebody to give him a kick in the rear end to get going I was there to do it but when I needed somebody to bring me out of the chandeliers he was there to do it so you know Gavin kind of in this work has taught me to be you know a little mellower and to go with the flow a little more but I still have that (laughs) I still have that bunk why I like this dream so much is because of how powerful it was to Anna on her grief journey and like how amazing that is that a dream can save someone's life and provide her a lot of meaning as she moved forward so beautiful thank you Anna for sharing that and coming on the podcast we have Christine Bergsma on next from episode 66 and she's an author of guided self-help journals and so in this one she talks about her aunt that that died that she had a dream of but what's interesting and she'll sort of talk about this more is they didn't really have a relationship prior to the dream so it was because of the dream that they actually build a deeper bond um, amongst each other which is i think really fascinating to hear about so check it out all right let's uh move forward uh, just because of time yeah. and you, you've mentioned christine that you had a couple deaths in south africa um can you speak on some of those Yes, I won't give you the list because it's quite long, but I will, if you allow, then I will tell you my most recent one. My mom was actually back in Africa 
helping out my aunt. She was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer and it was at the end where my mom went in because she had such experience previously working on oncology. And then when my aunt actually passed away, she texted me, so I wasn't even in South Africa. And the last time I was back was 16 years ago, so I haven't been back since. So I wasn't there for that. And I remember I just woke to pick up my son from school and the clouds opened up and there was this ray of sunshine just as I got the text that she passed away. So in that sense, I felt like we were very connected. Although even in South Africa, we were not connected. We were not close because she was only 10 years older than I am because my mom comes from a very large family. And that night, I actually dreamt that I was standing behind my aunt and she knocked on this door and she opened it up and it was cobblestones, golden cobblestones, almost like a street in a European market. And I followed her as she walked down the street and she stopped in front of a big hotel and the revolving door allowed her entry. So the next day I called my mom and I said, this is the strangest, strangest dream. What is going on? So unbeknownst to me, my aunt went on a camping trip the summer before she passed away and she hated the tent that she was in. So she packed up her stuff and went to a hotel all by herself and she had champagne there. <laughs> so then it made sense to me. I was like, wow, we are connected because we are so close. She was a businesswoman. She has two little children. She was a wife, you know, and I got a glimpse into, I guess, where she is at now. She is in this grand hotel on the other side. That's cool. So it brought you, so did you get no comfort way. right away from the dream or was it only after you spoke with your mom and connected the dots? It was a very comforting dream to start with. There was nothing bad to it. I just couldn't connect it. It was just for me so bizarre to dream of somebody that I don't really know. She's my aunt, but I did feel connected to her because of the journal even that I wrote about breast cancer and she did the journal. She actually wrote in the journal before she passed away. So we had that connection, but we were continents removed and it was just weird. So I was comforted, I guess, when I knew that Oh, it related to something. So just that connection that we have. That's, that's so interesting. So did it bring the connection, I guess, to have, do you feel you have a greater connection with her now because of that experience? I do. I really wow. do. Wow. I feel like, you know, if you believe in guides and, you know, people moving on to the other side and, and the journals that I'm doing, you know, like what are the odds that I do one for breast cancer and then my aunt gets diagnosed? Like there's all these coincidences that you can not always explain. So does this mean you're going to have another child if you're going to be uh, <laughs> doing a pregnancy? Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. No. <laughs> He's good. Thank you. Boy and a girl. We're good. <laughs> oh, there's so many reasons why that's funny. Good one, Josh. We like that. Thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> Amazing, amazing dream and amazing story. Wow, all the parallels, all the mysteries of life. And I've heard people uh, speak about having dreams of people they don't, they're not really connected to, but they maybe you'll have sometimes a message for someone else. Maybe it's like their child or something. And I think it just, it makes these, this topic so interesting to me that bonds that really didn't have, people had before can actually 
grow and become more than they were when they're in waking life. So I think that's super cool that uh, you have that new relationship with your aunt. So you shared your grief dream, beautiful dream. And we always like to um, ask our guests at the end of our, toward the end of our episodes, if, if, if they could have a grief dream of anyone, what would it be and what would it look like? And I'm sure Josh will ask you a million questions about the setting. <laughs> but if you, could, if you could conjure up in your beautiful, big, vibrant imagination, what would, if you could have a dream tonight, can you just kind of detail what that might look like and, and who would be the main character in that dream? I think I would like to dream about my aunt, the one who passed again, and, you know, maybe have some champagne with her at the hotel that she's in. And I would ask her, I think I know the answer, but nobody can tell you because it's hard to prove, but there has to be a decision point to die. And not if the death is instant or, but for example, if it's after a long struggle with cancer, do you at some point just decide in your mind that you are ready for the next step to move on to that next phase? And what does that decision feel like in your body? What is that actual transition from this life to the other side? Hmm. Whoa. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very, that's, I'm like, hello, Jade, is that you? Because that, would, that is a question that I would ask. That's a very inquisitive question and very interesting. Brings up a lot of... Josh, that's very cool. For part two of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what do you think? I think it's amazing, amazing question. And you know I got I got some follow-up questions for this. Of course you do. <laughs> I kinda I, I like I first want to say I like how you brought the hotel back into it. It's almost like you have this like dream like setting that these dreams happen in, you know, like when it's in the hotel it's like representative of so much more. Um, so it's like this, like kind of like afterlife, and like, and here she is, and everything. I think it's kind of cool. Um, so, what do you? So you're having champagne, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, what are you guys wearing? Oh, we'll be dressed to the nines. Oh. Chanel, Prada, you know, <laughs> name it. It'll be there. Vintage <laughs> Chanel, even. <laughs> Maybe Coco Chanel will join us. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now I want to come too. <laughs> Join us, Amazing. for sure. Amazing. So we have four people in the dream now. <laughs> Living and, and uh, deceased. It's a, it's a mix-up. It's a mash-up. Oh, wow. That's good. It seems, it seems like an amazing dream. And, you know, hope you have that one day. If you do, you got to let us know because I'm curious about that answer myself. I definitely will. Thank you. And you're invited too, Joshua. You can oh, yes. Five people. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun. And if I have that dream, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Please so. <laughs> wow, that was a really cool dream sequence. I really enjoyed that one. Especially, you know, her designing the dream that she would like to have tonight because it's essentially her wanting to kind of reestablish a bond with an aunt that she never really knew too well uh, in waking life. So really cool to see that and bonds that are continuing after someone's passing. So next we have Sebastian Sloven and he appears on episode 74 with us. We had a real pleasure doing an interview with Sebastian. He's a really intelligent uh, young man and uh, he's a writer and also a professional bodyboarder. 
uh, so you can check him out and check out his dream. And so yeah. have you, I'm going to ask you, how, have you ever had a dream of him uh, at all since his death? I have. You know, I, re- I remember having, I've had a number of dreams about him. I'm trying to think. Some of them are just like, you know, little flashes of him and, you know, not usually not full on conversations. There's not dialogue. I had a dream when I was young that I remember quite vividly of being in the, at the La Jolla Cove, again, this is the place I learned how to swim. And a lot of my memories of him, of him are there. And, you know, we'd go out into the water and one of the things I loved to do was hold on to his back as he, as he swam and kind of doing that. And then he dives under the water and I'm like freaked out, like I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I gotta let go. I can't, I'm not gonna be able to breathe, but I want to stay with my dad. And then I just, I, I was like, I had this insight, like maybe I can breathe under here and I take this like tiny, tiny sip of air, like I'm breathing in through a straw, and, I'm, and then air comes in instead of water. I'm like, oh my god, I can, I can breathe. And, and then we, um, and I'm like, have this, I have this little tour with my dad under the water. We're just exploring his like kelp, and it's like super crazy uh like like an aquarium like really clear and and little fish everywhere and magical and that goes on for a little while and then and then he like swims faster and faster and i lose him and he swims off and i and and then i just panic and freak out and and uh and then i I feel like i really can't breathe and i like woke up in a panic that was a like intense intense stream i had a long time ago and i have that's so uh, hold on <laughs> yeah 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 slow yeah, down yeah okay it's a pretty amazing yeah, dream yeah. Uh, yeah well there's so many questions and and it's amazing you remember it from so long ago like it's it's still with you after all this time yeah and i i've had a lot of versions of that like either me at the cove and swimming like with him or you know had a lot of like similar not quite that intense, but similar dreams like that since. So it kind of stayed with me. I like how it's in the water, which is, um, I think, amazing. And it really symbolizes what you just said, how, you know, the water represents him. Yeah. But I think it's interesting he took you underneath the water and showed you a world you didn't know. And I'm curious, looking back now, do you think your dad's death was like his last big lesson for you? Like to show you something that you didn't know? That's an excellent question. I think, you know, in a way, I do think that that, you know, he was, yeah, he was teaching me a lesson that I could not have, I don't know if I could have gotten in in a different way. So I think, I think, yeah, it was, that's how I've come to look at it. And, you know, not not to say that it's not sad or, or, you know, that I, you know, would love for him to be around physically and, you know, hang out with him, but, yeah, I think that was, I think it was like, a, uh, he became, I guess, you know, my the greatest teacher I could have ever asked for. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I'm, I'm happy that you're, you got there, right? Because a lot of people on their journey, they can't say that, you know, <laughs> yeah. but you're at a point where you can look back and say, this is, there's parts of this. You say like, that's, opened you up to something in yourself that you never probably would have got to. And it was like one way for, for you to find peace. As you even said, like the attachment to outcomes and stuff, like you learned so much that, you know, there's so many people I see that are just so attached to the outcome, you know, and, right. and it's amazing how you got there and it was, and loss really pulled you there. 
and it's it's one of the beauties i think it's like the great white shark you know like death like we are we're afraid of it but you know it can actually propel us in different ways totally totally with you on that and i think i'm i'm sensitive to you know folks who have you know i just i think essentially listeners who have just recently lost someone or you know, lost someone to suicide and was like you know what do you you know how could that be but you know i think with time and with i certainly certainly is, has like as you said become an incredible incredible gift in in ways yeah and i think i think that's why i think one of the challenging things with loss or is the ability to hold on hold you know both sides of that like the sadness and and also holding the you know seeing that there were some great lessons that came out of this that i probably couldn't have gotten in a different way and i i got ahead of schedule i guess yeah i think i i love that saying because you're right because there are some people that say oh like you know, they'll go right to the positive, but you know, it's, it's very sad. It's very traumatic. And you said you still have bouts of sadness, but there is this growth yeah. that occurred, you know, in yeah. the midst of it all. And it changed you to be a better person. And, we, and you just can't deny that. And I, the same thing happened for myself. And, and that's why I can see it. And you're just like, I never would have chose this, but man, like I, I love who I am so much more than when my father was alive, like just on who I am. Like mm. when I look in the mirror, mm. And I said, wow, like I never would have thought like his death was like his last father teaching for me that he could never do when he was alive because he was suffering so much. But through his death, he could teach me um, the person that he probably always wanted to be. It's wild. I, I got chills when you were saying that because I, I, I totally feel you on that completely. It's that, right? Like maybe my dad, I don't know if this was conscious or not, but you know, my dad you know, had this, this final teaching that, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't do it on his own. I, he was in a place where he wasn't going to, he wasn't, I guess, ready or whatever to receive them. But this was, this was his a gift passing on to, to me and potentially to other people too. Yeah. So I'm, I hear you on that. All right. So the, uh, the question, the last question we always like to ask our guests is uh, what dream would you want to have today if you could uh, with your father? Good question. Good question. You want to be on land? <laughs> no way. Well, yeah. It's actually interesting. Actually, you know, I had I had this sort of you know this I thought of the ocean, which is even where we've been. But it's interesting. You know, I won't get way into the details here. But when I had uh, when I was laid up with hip injury, I um, I was sort of more drawn. I couldn't go surfing. I couldn't do those things. So I I would often go when I was recovering to this little park near where I lived, and I would just post up and you know write and and uh, I was often visited uh, by hummingbirds and I don't know if do you all have hummingbirds up there yep cool okay <laughs> anyway hummingbirds I, I came to see the hummingbird is like you know the, the land version of my dad kind of my dad has such a you know at times intense heavy life and hummingbirds they're just their vibe is so um, carefree zooming all around and I think if I had to choose a dream i would like to be uh be a hummingbird with my dad and fly around and explore explore um you know the hills the mountains the parks and stuff like that and just zoom around as a hummingbird that's pretty cool i gotta say like most people want to be human form but look at you going outside the box being creative um and coming on land all right <laughs> and that's amazing that's that's so interesting and as hummingbirds can you guys talk or is it like a telepathic kind of thing I think it's mostly you just you just know what the other person's thinking. Telepathic, mm -hmm. pure uh, 
and I think the deal with hummingbirds is just they're having a blast zooming around you know what I mean it's a good time and I think I think that's what we do my dad and I we just zoom around and explore and, and you know it'd yeah. be awesome oh, oh yeah it makes perfect sense because you know I can't see you guys you know sitting around chatting it up casually you know you guys are go-getters you want to get out there explore and you know that that's the beauty of it you know you use these na- you know natural settings these analogies and there, there's there, it, it's so similar to the concept of like life and death you know you're you're navigating the wilderness of the ocean well we're navigating the wilderness of what death is what life is yeah. and then you apply those principles to these concepts to your grief to your loss i mean that that's a beautiful takeaway i think for a lot of our listeners and also for us so definitely yeah. hope you uh, you have that that cool dream. <laughs> uh, you have to let us know if you you start dreaming about hummingbirds. I think it's I, um, we never had anyone actually pick that. We've had some like interesting ones where they go out of space or you know, they do some interesting things. But uh, being a, being a different species, I think that's pretty cool. So uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for being the first one to uh, to go that way. <laughs> Yeah, you got to mix it up. Got to mix it up, you know. Come in with a curveball, not going ocean. <laughs> Interspecies yeah. equality, I like it. That's right. Yeah, hummingbird or great white shark, they're all awesome <laughs> in their own way. Wow, that's so cool. I love uh, hearing about Sebastian's dream that he wants to have. I think that's really interesting. He actually wants to be a hummingbird. To this day, it's the first time I ever heard that. And uh, who knows how long that record's gonna gonna stay for? But I think it's really interesting what dreams people want to have, and that's why we love asking that question. So for our next guest, it is Serena Dyer from episode seventy six. And so Serena co-authored a book with her father, Dr. Wayne Dyer, titled "Don't Die with Your Music Still in You." And what's beautiful about this is she shared multiple dreams that actually helped her with forgiveness with her stepson that died. Name's Mason. And so uh, check it out. Yeah, the, uh, even for me reading your just just, you know, personal, when I started reading your post about the loss, it, you know, it really saddened me, but it opened my eyes to some of the difficulties you were facing because you have all these beautiful photos of children and playing at the beach and, <laughs> and birthday parties you're like oh wow it's just an amazing life and you hear about these struggles and it connects to that truth and honesty of what life is and it also brought me back to my own loss and to think about my own loss in respect of what you're going through and i think that's the beauty of you know instagram and and being honest on on your platform is i think it allows other people to reconnect with maybe even losses that they have not shared or even just tragedy in their life that they don't think other people have you know like so you make life real again and i love that and i really love that about what you do and and your last post i gotta say or second last post or something um it was about the, the dreams that you had um and that was beautiful for me to see that not only you had a dream and you're willing to share it um, to raise the awareness but how beautiful that dream was because there's there's dreams that you know i see a lot of dreams but that dream was so powerful and i think i even started crying after i read it because it was just so moving and usually the deceased don't don't they don't really speak for a long period of time but in that dream you shared he talked for a while and he had a lot of really cool insights for you and i was just wondering could you share that dream with us are you talking about the dream that i had right after he passed right after mason passed where he was dancing with sailor 
No, I never heard that one. I <laughs> the the last one I heard was where he was telling you to release the guilt. Oh, okay, okay, that was more recent. Yes. So I had a dream. So I've actually had a couple dreams of Mason, and one of them I had I want to say within a week of him passing away. So so after Mason passed away, I asked him to come to me in a dream, and one of the reasons I did that is because I was feeling a lot of guilt. When I would go to sleep at night, I would feel so much tightness in my chest, like just just anxiety. And I felt that he wouldn't want me to feel this way, but I couldn't help but feel this way because I could only think back on all the things I had said or done that were not nice. And my husband kept saying to me, but, but you know, so you guys had some fights or so there were some times where things were heated. But what about, you know, and he would list a whole bunch of other things, and I just couldn't get past the bad things. And I felt that I contributed to his death. And I was terrified that he felt alone or unwanted because, you know, throughout the years, he and I had had fights or problems or conflicts. And I would think about that when I was falling asleep. And and I asked him one night, you know, are you mad at me? Do you hate me? Now that you've passed away, did you, uh, my dad used to always say when he was alive that we do like a review of our life when we passed and that we see all the ways that we impacted other people and all the ways that, um, uh, you know, other people impacted us. And, and I was asking him in my mind, did, did you see the bad things that I did? And, and did they, did they hurt you? And anyway, so I, I asked him to just come to me in a dream, if he could, and he did. And he came to me in a dream, and in the dream, so this was this was right after he passed, within the first week. In the dream, he was glowing, like he just looked beautiful. His skin was just golden and glowing, is the best way to describe it. And the lighting was almost like it was like lighting from the set of a movie. It was just glowing. And he was dancing in the hallway of our house, holding our daughter, Sailor and they were having so much fun and I was waving to them. And then the next scene of the dream, if you will, he was standing right in front of me and I held his hands and I looked him in the eye and I said, um, do you love me? And he laughed and said, yes. And I said, did you see all the mean things I did? And he said, he laughed again and said, yeah. But like, kind of like he was blowing me off, like you're ridiculous, yes. And then I said, do you know that I love you? And he said, yes. And I said, do you forgive me? And again, he laughed and he said, yes. And I said, did you see my dad? And then he like laughed really hard and was like, yes, I, I, I've seen your dad. And it almost felt like there was an inside joke there. Like, I don't know what it was. It was just the feeling I got. And then he was just, he was just smiling and glowing. We were holding hands. And then he said, I want you to pay attention for a second. And I said, okay, he said, new teachers are emerging. And I, I remember in my dream saying, oh, like, what does that mean? Or who, what are you talking about? And he just said, new teachers are emerging, pay attention. And then he kind of just faded away. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I woke my husband up and I just said, he's here, he's, he was just here. Oh my God, we were holding hands. I can't even believe it. He was glowing. He was so happy. He was so loving. He forgives me. And it was such an impactful dream because I did not feel that guilt. 
any longer. I felt like he came as a gift to me to help me release that guilt. And then fast forward, you know, several months and I've had, I've had a few other dreams of him in and one of them, he was at the park and he was pushing our, our daughters on the swing and, and we were just laughing. And then I had one more recently where I still, I still have felt guilt, you know, like even though I don't feel it quite as I, I definitely still have it. I mean, I think it would be, you know, very hard not to have that. And I definitely have, um, have had to kind of deal with that. And more recently he appeared to me in a dream and he, Sorry, I just had to take a drink of water. And he said um, that he could see that I was still carrying this guilt. And he said to me that in life and in death, there's no blame, there's no guilt, there's no fault. That this, there's, and, and he explained it as though there's no heaven and there's no hell, that the earth is a classroom. And when we incarnate into the human form that we take when I became Serena and he became Mason, that we come here, that our soul signs up for this experience because the soul only wants to grow and expand. And he said that this earth is a classroom and that when we die energetically, we go to the same level or place as where we, as, as how we lived. So if you lived um, it's not. It was very clear to me. It's, it's kind of hard to explain because when you have a dream, sometimes it's not even like they're saying the words. It's like they're conveying the feeling, and you you just get it. But the feeling and and what he was explaining was that it's not about the manner in which you died. That's a very very quick thing. So it's not like if you died in a car accident versus you died in a suicide versus you died in a in a drug overdose, you're going there again. It was much more that the energy at which you live your life is energetically where you go when you go to the other side and that the lessons continue, but that there's no point in any human being carrying around guilt when someone else dies in, in the way that, you know, that Mason has died or, or a suicide or something like that. There's no point because that experience was for their soul. And the experience that I have in this lifetime is for mine. And that we're all on our own journey and that the guilt or the shame or the fear, it, it doesn't do anything to elevate the experience that I would have in this lifetime. And it doesn't do anything to fix whatever experience he had in this lifetime because that is his own. And that was really the feeling that I had um, from this dream that I had with Mason more recently. Yeah. And just and just to wrap up, we always like to ask one last question um, of our guests, and that is, what dream would you want to have of someone who's died, if you could tonight? I would want to have a dream with my father, with Mason, with my husband and my two girls and my future son that that I'm carrying. And I would want to have a dream where we're all having a party and full of joy and dancing because I would just love to have that experience of all of us being present in the room together in a state of joy. Wow, that's cool. It sounds like a fun dream. Yeah, well, I hope I get invited to it. <laughs> Are you a good dancer or no? 
No, I'm a terrible dancer. So would you be dancing terribly <laughs> in the dream or would you be like a pro? No, I'd be dancing terribly, but I'd be totally embracing that. I No, no shame in my game when it comes to dancing. Amazing. That's so amazing. Thank you, Serena, so much for coming on here and sharing that because, you know, I think a lot of people have issues with forgiving themselves after loss and hopefully those dreams can help others as they move forward in their journey. And it was a special pleasure, actually. It was the first time we had uh, siblings on. So we have Sky Dyer next and she's going to talk about her dream of her father, Dr. Wayne Dyer, in episode 70. And she's a singer-songwriter. And what's really interesting about you know having siblings on is you can see what kind of dreams they have and how they're different from each other but also the similarities between them and also the dreams they want on how they're similar and, and different so check it out and so i'm curious have you ever had a dream with him and whalen in the same imagery i don't think so i'm trying to think back if i did during my pregnancy but i don't think i did yeah, I think I, I think I would remember it if I did, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think so. But I did have um, some dreams of my dad in distress. It was just oh. more that eventually they happened. That it was he was always alive. He was he was always alive. Um, that was the thing. But there there was one where he was very agitated, and I, I couldn't figure out why he was so agitated. But I I think it was he was trying to explain to me. Um, something in my dream and I, and I really think it was more that he was still trying to say I'm here I'm around you because I don't think um, well I, I didn't really clarify but some of my siblings were had a much easier time when my dad passed away knowing that he was around than I did um, I think it, it took me a little longer to get to that place I think I um, I think I, I ultimately was just so um, so sad in the beginning that I couldn't see anything but but the fact that he was gone and I, some of my siblings just they got it so so quickly and just felt so comforted and, and were okay. Um, so I think that that was kind of early on in those dreams. I think he was agitated with me trying to say, you know, because I, I traveled with my dad. I, I listened to him speak, I mean, all over the world for so many years. And he was, I, I think it was almost like he was saying, you are with me at all these talks. Like, you're, you're supposed to get this. <laughs> and he spoke about death so, so often that I think he was, he was like, okay, Sky, you know, just get it. And um, I think once I finally saw that in my dreams and kind of, you know, put it into, into, you know, everyday life, I think that's when they got very peaceful and just that he was there. When we wrap up our, uh, our podcast, we always like to ask our guests, like, what dream they'd want to have of their loved one that's deceased if they could. So um, what dream, if you could tonight, uh, would you want to have of your father? Thank you so much, first off, for saying all those nice things about me. <laughs> but um, gosh, if I if I could have a dream about my dad, I think it would just be to see him so content and happy. I don't know, maybe in the ocean because he loved to swim. And um, yeah, I would. I I always think you know because it was a heart attack and because it was so quick. I I always had this thought of I hope he didn't feel any pain and I didn't like to think that he was alone. You know that that always it hurt me very deeply. Um, and I think that I would just like to see him peacefully, you know, in, in the ocean and um, just happy and, and smiling and, um, and just, you know, getting to, I, I would like to be there with him. That would be great. <laughs> but that would be a wonderful dream. That's beautiful. And what age would you want him to be? Did you want him to have hair and all that or no? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I like, I think I'd like to picture him just as he was when he passed away. You know, my last present kind of um, where he was, because I think he really, really found 
peace in his life. I mean, I really think that all of those years of doing the work and writing and teaching, and um, I, I really think that, like anything, you go when you really are supposed to. And I, I think my dad did his work in this life, and I, it was almost... Uh, he, he really looked forward to death. He was never afraid of it. Um, you know, most people are afraid of death, and he never was. And I think that, in a way, that was his finally finding peace. And, um, and I just like to, you know, kind of picture him that way. <laughs> that's nice. I think it'd be, that's a beautiful dream, and hopefully you know, one day you can have, like, a dream just like that. I wish you too. <laughs> Awesome. Moving right along. Really appreciate that dream sequence from Sky Dyer. Um, you know, seeing the contrast between the sisters is pretty interesting, too, because Serena was more of a uh, kind of playful type of dream sequence where everybody's together and dancing. And Sky had more of a contemplative type of, you know, seeing her father in the ocean. And uh, both are beautiful. So really cool to see those uh, dream sequences. Thank you, ladies, for sharing, coming on the podcast. Uh, again, really appreciated it. Um, and moving forward, we have Rami Shami, who was uh, appeared on episode 69. Rami has been serving with hospice palliative care for close to 30 years. And what's unique about uh, Rami in this interview is that he shares a lot of the dreams that he had um, with of the patients that he's taken care of. Uh, so really cool angle to see that. And again, amazing work that he's doing. So check out this dream sequence. Hearing about that, it just... Amazing. And a question that I actually had in mind was, do you have any or have you had any dreams of the people that you've sat with and watched to die and pass away? You know, I, I, I'm such a, I told Joshua, I'm such an, I had a Greek dream this past week about a friend and I should have wrote it down, but I was so busy with, because we're about to open our hospice that I, I didn't think. And then, you know, and, and I, I've had dreams definitely of a couple people who had come back and uh and and you know just talk to me in my dream or you know had some kind of conversation and and one in particular was a gentleman that i cared for for about um six months and he he really suffered as a quote unquote as he, he said as a son like a son of a bitch in the end before he died he, he looked at me and he goes you are my son and i never understood what he meant by that until i debriefed with his wife after he died was that his son had been estranged because of his father's how he had raised him, he was very abusive, and then when he got sick, he felt he deserved it, and, you know, his son had just, you know, brushed him aside, and so he'd, he'd, he'd bestowed me as his surrogate son, even though I was only a once-a-week visitor as a volunteer. He's a gentleman that I did have a, a grief dream about, and remember very, very vividly, you know, him coming and, and talking to me in the dream, and not necessarily saying I'm okay, but he was checking up on me, <laughs> which was, which was very powerful for me, very, very powerful. I don't know what it meant. I didn't, I didn't really get into the psychological, esoteric stuff about it. I just said, you know what, I think that for me was was just in alignment with the work. It was part of the grieving process for me, for sure, because I did I did grieve his loss. And and, uh, and I think that I think sometimes the block in in the process of grieving that our losses can either manifest in a dream or can actually block a dream from coming. So when I when I had that dream, I was I was, I was quite uh, quite ecstatic. Oh, I'm glad it was a positive dream. And I'm really curious because you've only known him when he was ill. So was he healthy in the dream or was he in like a hospital setting? He was sick in the dream. He oh. was, that's an amazing point, Joshua. He was, he was sick, but healthy. So like emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, he was very healthy. Physically, he was, he still looked the same except with clothes on. 
So he's had the ascites and he had the scrotal sac and he, he, was, he was still dying of liver and, and kidney cancer, but he, was, he had vitality, which was so interesting, right? For me, like if I'm going to just sort of play with that a little bit, for me, I saw that vitality in his dying. I was like, this man is so vital. He's so powerful. And yet he can't get, even get up to go to the bathroom. So I saw that in the dream. You know, and I see that a lot in the work that we do, the vitality of the human spirit as contrasted by the decaying of the body as they, as they live and die. Wow, that's so interesting. Ah, oh, man. That's so cool. Like, it just, uh, just, you know, makes me think and makes me just, you know, want to do, like, more research with people who work with the dying to sort of hear their dreams that they have. Wow, it's, it's very interesting that he was sick, but it was like a positive dream. That's so cool. Rami, thank you so much. But before we go, I'm not going to forget this. <laughs> I almost forgot, but I won't forget. What's that? So if you could have a dream tonight, <laughs> <laughs> one dream of someone who passed away or died uh, at, the, at the hospice, um, who would you want to have in that dream? And could you describe that dream for us? Before I tell you that dream, I do want to just say one thing. I mean, my work is anecdotal, right? There isn't much research to it. I mean, there is on the higher scope. But what I love about what you're doing, Joshua, is the fact that it is research-based. It is irrefutable, right? And that's very important for a very cerebral society, for a very cognitive-focused society. So good on you for doing that. And with respect to a dream, <laughs> um, a dream I would want to have is to... Uh, to rejoin, to meet um, an F-4 pilot, a Phantom IV pilot who fought in Vietnam, and uh, to have him come to my dream and uh, let's have a chat. I want to chat. I want to ask him more about, you know, what his experiences were, what he saw, and and I think I think that's. I would love to have a grief dream about a loss of youth, a loss of innocence, a loss of a generation, and um, what was it like to die now and not back there in the war. That's interesting. And so what age would you want him to be? 21. Hmm. And you want to be the age you are now? Yes. Cool. That's pretty cool. I like that. No, it's, uh, it's amazing. And, you know, it's fascinating to think about the, the people that we could actually have that conversation with in their dream. And hopefully you can have that dream uh, at some point in your life. You know, speaking of dreams, Joshua, you reminded me because... Remember you asked me and I said I had a, had a grief dream. I did have a grief dream this week. And the fact that, you know, I don't know if you played a mind trick on me or something like that, because you're smart enough to do that. Uh, but I remember the dream I had on Wednesday. And it was, the, the dream was, and it's incredible how somehow you got into sub my subconscious mind, you got it out. The dream was that I, you know, I've been giving a lot of my life, 30 years of my life, I pretty much donated to society and to the dying and what have you. And somebody from my past, the people I had served had come back and had given me something like a like a wallet or, or something in the dream itself and I don't remember opening it I just remember feeling in the dream saying wow somebody gave me something and that's 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 the grief dream that I had but the person who gave it to me was already dead dude that's cool <laughs> that's you pulled that out somehow I don't know how you did that but you did it just now and I was like you told me about wanting a grief dream, and that was the grief dream I had on Wednesday. And I remember writing my girlfriend Lisa saying, I had the coolest dream, and then I couldn't remember what the dream was. Ah, oh, that's interesting. You had a block that was unleashed on the podcast. 
That's so cool. That's so cool. And I think the whole episode you're talking about the gift, right? The gift that they all give you, yeah. you know, and it's just that symbolistic of, you know, it seems like that, right? Like giving you a wallet, usually in our society, it's a sense of value. Yeah, absolutely. See, I didn't even read into it. I'm just like, wow. And if you, if you I'm sure you folks come up with names for your podcast, but the, a lovely name for this would be The Gift. Thanks, uh, Rami, for sharing that. It's, uh, it's really interesting that a dream got triggered. A dream that he forgot actually got triggered on the podcast. I think that's probably one of the coolest things I've uh, I've seen so far. That uh, the power of the podcast—it's uh, quite amazing. And so our next episode is with Dr. Christopher Kerr, who is the Chief Executive Officer and Chief Medical Officer for Hospice Buffalo. This is episode seventy-three. And what's unique about this is he speaks about his research in the field when it comes to end-of-life dreams and visions. And so many of the people who are dying will have dreams of the deceased. And he goes into his research and talks about all the little fun tidbits that he's found along the way. So check it out. So can you tell us some uh, cool facts and some stuff that you've been finding ever since you know researching this stuff uh, for the people who are listening? Sure, sure. I, you know, I, I think I, I got into this in part because I was frustrating trying to teach it because um, the response I got was there's no evidence for this. And, um, and the other big criticism was, you know, it's part of the dying brain kind of thing. And, and so I, I did the research not to amuse myself, just to make the case. So we started, our original research was, you know, asking people quantifying it which nobody had done but the big difference of our research was it was the first to ask people directly about their experiences so there's lots of things that were done in surveys surveying doctors and nurses and if you think about it that's odd given it's such a personalized introspective subjective experience that you can't really ask somebody else third hand so we designed a study that had a protocol where we uh, had quantitative and qualitative elements to it and we asked people every day as they approach death and to get their perspective and we videotape many people because people tend to have this notion that they're frail and unlike us and in fact they're very much like us i think the first thing that's interesting is that you know we there's this notion that you could predict death approaching death based on changes in content and frequency of dreams and um that uh, that's exactly what we found. Um, so there's a rapid spike in, in the number of dreams people have, but also the content switches, and it switches to seeing more of the deceased. And what's interesting in that is when you rate comforture, seeing the deceased has the highest level of comfort. So there's this built-in mechanism as, as one approaches death. I think the other thing that's fascinating is half the people say they, these weren't dreams at all. They were awake. And this may be pointing to lucid dreaming, where it's essentially virtual uh, or lived, or just that fluctuating state of awareness and alertness that comes with dying, you're kind of in and out. But people were very clear that these experiences were more dissimilar than similar to normal dreams. You know, this statement you often hear is, um, you know, you know, you don't understand, I don't normally dream, this actually happened, this was lived. Um, so I think those are the interesting features. That's so that's so cool, man. <laughs> I like that. I like that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so you said like the uh, 
it's starting to actually predict about like when they're going to die. And do you think that, like, why do you think it happens at the end of life and not, you know, something that, you know, throughout their journey, like why at the end it like this, these experiences happen more often? I think facing mortality, actually facing it, not contemplating it, but facing the, the reality of it is there is only once and and it's something one can't imagine prepare for position to um i just think it's authentic when you know your your life is ending and so it's not surprising that this experience is unique to that time yeah it's so interesting because you're right like you know, i've never faced mortality but if i did probably one of the you'd think one of the scariest things coming because like when someone you know loses someone like they're bereaved you know, you don't have that, you know, increase or you have you have these dreams. But like you said, like that increase, it seems like it's very important for like the body's doing this on purpose at this moment. And there's just a something about, you know, dying that it's trying to, for whatever reason, so it's either way, it's trying to help the individual move forward or be able to transition. And I think that's interesting how even like the body doesn't want to die in stress. You know, there's something about going in peace that it seems to be the, you know, the mechanism. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a paradox, right? You're physically dying, but you're psychologically and spiritually vibrant and alive. Um, I think it does more than just ease a transition towards dying. It also validates very much um, the life that you've led and the people you've loved. Those relationships come to the forefront and, and on the surface. I mean, m most people are really editing life. So the people who, the parent who withheld love isn't in them and the person who nurtured them best is in them. So we're kind of, that's the currency, uh, is love. So it's very life affirming despite being a dying process. Can you just touch on uh, just the death of your, your father when you were younger um, and, and how that was for you growing up? Yeah, it was. Um, I was 12. It was hell, and you know everything kind of fell apart afterwards. I, um, you know, I got kicked out of two schools, and I um, failed grade eight, and uh, I ended up going to boarding school at St. Andrews in Aurora, Ontario. But that was it. But you know, at the end of his life, he 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 was having experiences and trying to. You know, he's adjusting my shirt to say we had to go catch a plane to go fishing. So he was having these really intense experiences. And, um, you know, I was taken out of his room. And that's the last time I saw him. But it was, you know, it was one of those things that's burned into your, into your mind and your heart. And I, I really never talked about it. And then I come to hospice and all these people are having these experiences. So it, um, it kind of came full circle. Wow, that's so strange that it happened like that because there's a lot of different ways people could die and what they share and you're right like it was almost like a a prelude to you know what the future was holding and you know i see yeah. I, I see that with my own life i used to, my biggest i was the biggest fan of braveheart have you ever seen the, sh the movie yeah 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 and uh and like he has these dreams of his deceased uh wife that you know like right. i didn't right. notice until i started doing this work i had my own and i'm like oh my god then I look back right. at the movie and it's like it's throughout and you're like, oh my, was this following me? So it's it's amazing what life, your life journey can get you and, and do. Yeah. <laughs> whether you, whether, <laughs> you, whether you, you want it or not. That's right. That's, that's so very true. And so what was it so difficult after your father? Like, I know it was back in the day and, and 
where did your did your mom and or people talk about death and and your grief with you or was it something you yeah just... it was just hard you know because there's i had three other siblings and one as young as eight and they're just your your home is just not the same and you've got a distraught parent who it's hard for that person to be the same parent um and instead of talking about it in a healthy way i wouldn't talk about it at all just as a, as a a teenage, an age-appropriate response. I did, you know, there was a lot of help in grieving. Yeah, I, I just think it's a, um, you know, you're traumatized, uh, and, and it's it's not just you. You're also watching your family suffer. I had three other siblings, my mom, and um, you know, you're at that age too. It's difficult transition-wise. You know, r- rage is a is a grief response. <laughs> I uh, I had a lot of rage and got in a lot of trouble, and that, that's kind of what happened. So on the podcast, when uh, we just were when we're wrapping up, we always like to ask, "What dream would you want to have if you could tonight um, with your father in it?" And if you take us through that dream. Oh wow! Yeah, pretty heady. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I guess it would be um, great to compare notes. You know, here's what life looks like from where I've been sitting, and um, you know, uh, yeah, I suppose that acquainting, reacquainting. Hmm. Would it be like comparing notes of who you are versus who you think you are? You know. <laughs> like... Yeah, maybe, or just what, what's what's life? Who have you loved? Tell me about your children, those sort of things. Uh, yeah, it's sometimes, right? It's just a, a simple conversation is what we uh, yearn for. Yeah, most, yeah. Right? Yeah. Coffee, just yeah. sitting down and... Familiarity. Maybe, yeah, and rehashing, like I'm sure your dad could share some hockey stories with you and things like that, yeah. a lot of positive memories, right? Yeah, I think you got it. And then, because you're such a, a special guest here, and you work with the dying, I, I, we want to ask you one one last question, and that is: When you're dying, what kind of experiences would you want to have? Um, I'd want to be comfortable. Um, I'd want to be um, treated with dignity. I want to be surrounded by those I love and disrespected. And would you want a specific? Would you want a specific dream or, or vision, uh, vision? Yeah, the ones I see my patients have, where they're, where they they get to um, feel the closest of the people that they loved. And that's interesting because now you know, after hearing so many stories and experiences and sharing these things, like you think that the possibilities are are greater for you. Like you you have these, you know, these frameworks, these these ideas that people have kind of shared with you and and i would just i would assume that you know you're leaning more towards or you know you're opening that door a little more. yeah i would think i would think so you're, you're certainly less obstructive right I, I i think that's probably very true wow that's awesome I, you know I, I really enjoyed that interview and just getting all the knowledge and and uh the information um about dreams and and sitting with the those that are uh, dying, um, really powerful stuff. And I really learned a lot on that one. And I'm really glad that we uh, wrapped up with that one. So that's it. That's this episode. Um, had a good time. What'd you think? Yeah, I, uh, I said, like, I love hearing about these dreams and reflecting back on 
on the guests that we've had on. And I think we do so many, you forget, you know, on who came on. And this is a great reminder of some of those powerful dreams and some of the powerful guests and their lessons. So hopefully if you enjoy some of those dreams, uh, you'll go back and listen to the full episode where they talk more about their lives and even sometimes a little bit more about their dreams that they actually shared. So yeah, I always love this stuff. And hopefully this uh, these, these episodes are enjoyable to the listeners, uh, you guys, and you learn something, you know, having them all together. It's like you can reflect too on your own life through that. For sure. Uh, we, we have a lot more episodes coming up and I know our next one is going to be an update episode. You know, we'll, we'll share some new information that's going on in our lives. Um, it's an interesting thing in my life. I actually had a grief dream for the first time that I can recall. Uh, so that'll be a fun time uh, sharing that on the podcast. So I'm excited for that. So am I. That's amazing. That's, uh, it's, it's, I've been waiting a long time for you to get one. You've been doing this for a while <laughs> and you've never had one. So this is going to be a pretty yeah. cool episode to hear about it. Well, you know, it's one thing that I think this is new for me as well. And opening up awareness, just having these conversations, you know, not stressing myself um, and just allowing the space for kind of dreams to enter in and and you know if i don't remember it like lately i have put a conscious effort to try to remember them but you know if i i just keep working at it little by little and sure enough you know i went on this trip and this dream came to me so cool stuff yeah another interesting uh thing that we got coming up we'll share more on the update episode but uh the we have an instagram tv channel which is kind of cool they just uh put channels on instagram so we have our first video uploaded and we're excited to actually get some more behind the scenes podcast uh, footage on there for you guys. And just like uh, other things that we have drummed up. So uh, the first one's on there, it's uh, it's up. Feel free to check it out. And it's uh, me talking about an encounter I had with a waitress and she talks about a grief dream of her brother. So um, if you don't have it, there's an app you can get, the uh, Instagram TV channel app, or you just go through Instagram itself and, and click on my, uh, or our profile at Grief Dreams and you can find it in there. Good stuff. All right. So if you wanted to listen to the audio version of this podcast, then you can check us out on many different platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, they all have it. Um, and you can check out our Instagram page itself, which is at grief dreams. We also have a Twitter account and we're also on Facebook. Uh, and we have a Facebook group, grief dreams, Facebook group. So check that out as well. And we like to end our podcast as usual with love and gratitude from us to you. introduced myself you have introduced yourself this is a very good conversation